Hello and welcome to another episode of Give Us This Day, Our Daily Lou. Well, I'll read a piece of the Bhagavad Gita and then I'll talk about it. Hope you're having a lovely Thursday. Ah, almost Friday. Today we will do what we usually do at the beginning of a new chapter and just read the translator's words. Eknath Aswaran. E-K-N-A-T-H-E-A-S-W-A-R-A-N. Eknath Aswaran. This is chapter 15, The Divine Self. So, strap on to your bootstraps, because this is gonna get crazy. Ah, 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 ah. Here we go. This is a difficult chapter, for it deals essentially with questions of theology and ultimate mystical experience. Krishna reveals that the trans that he transcends not only the world of matter, but also the immortal Atman that dwells as the conscious knower within all beings. Krishna has said that he is the Atman, but the paradox is that he is also transcends the Atman. In this highest aspect, Krishna is Ishvara, the cosmic Lord who abides in his own majesty mystery. The liberated self enjoys union with Krishna and lives in Krishna's highest home. But the self does not become Krishna. The immortal soul, even when liberated from its mortal journeying, does not become God. The chapter opens with the image of an upside-down tree, a world tree rooted in Brahman, which branches out into a manifold creation in this realm below. This is said to be an Ashvatha, or pipal tree. A king, a kind of fig. Like the banyan, it sends out roots in the air, spreading above and below. In this chapter about Krishna's most exalted nature, it's appropriate that his home, the highest goal of all, is described. It is an abode of light and eternal life. By its very nature, it is beyond the description of human language. Verse Four uses an element, an ancient word for the ultimate reality that defies all description, all human thought, tat, T-A-T, which means simply that or it. Here, the Gita personalizes tat to the extent of giving it a home, avyam padam, the immortal home, the eternal goal. Pada also means foot or step, and it is of interest here to recall a myth from the Vedas. At the beginning of time, Vishnu took three steps that measured out the entire cosmos. The third and highest step became a heavenly world, the realm of the blessed, in the Rig Veda. The poet longs to find himself in his home, in this home of the God. May I go to this blessed world where those who love the gods rejoice, for there truly is the company of the far-stepping God, a fountain of honey in the highest step of Vishnu. The Gita describes Krishna's home as the realm of light beyond the light of the sun. Here, we might compare the Gita with the Kasha Upanishad. There shines not the sun, neither moon nor star, nor flash of lightning, nor fire lit on earth. The self is the light reflected by all, the shining, everything shines after him. Even here, though, we are reminded that Krishna lives not just in this highest realm, but also in the world below where both darkness and light coexist. In his divine mystery, he sends fragments of himself to become the inner self in each creature. 
In this sense, the self enters the body at conception, dwells in the body, and then departs at death. Krishna is the prana, the breath of vitality of the body. The Upanishads speak of five pranas. Here, the Gita mentions the two most prominent, the prana by which we breathe and the prana that digests food. So I would probably re-listen, especially because, I mean, my mind's all over the place right now, this mind. So I don't know. I was misstepping words and all that. It's a short introduction today. This is a wild chapter because it's very mystical and shit. But I'm going to do my best to see if I can interpret things through other studies and transfer them over. So I have a firm understanding and grip on what we're talking about. Because if I can't measure it, it cannot exist. And as always, thank you for tuning in to L-O-U, the smooth sounds of the Bhagavad Gita.